Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. Welcome everyone. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me as always is the inimitable Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'll let you know when we talk about the bet. Okay. All right. All right. Put it, put it, put a <laughs> pin in how we're doing. Uh, come on into the shop with us today. Sit back, relax, hedge against the rage machine. We'd love to welcome any new listeners just joining us. Glad you made it here. We're here smashing our way around, trying to get a complete set of fine china, sharing those ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut our losses. And if, if you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out uh, either our knowledge center or our resource center on financialnetitude.com. You can give uh, one of our beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description. Uh, but best place to be is come join us on our Discord server. Kyle and I get on there every day with a bunch of amazing people. It's just a really awesome place to be. Uh, and it is free. Mm -hmm. There aren't any paid tiers or special access areas because we don't know how to monetize that yet. Uh, yet <laughs> no plans to either no plans to yeah yeah for sure i don't i don't pay for any discord stuff why why should other people pay for the ones i hang out on exactly uh, and when you do join the server send us a private message or email with your mailing address and we'll send you some uh, smash it yourself swag straight from the shop we're just really glad everybody's here we have a lot of fun it's always better with friends thanks for joining mm -hmm. take a breath take a breath turn it over to kyle for some show news all right. Uh, we have not done our recording with Ian Frazier yet. We had to push that back to Tuesday, but that shouldn't affect the release date because even though I give Dan a week to edit these episodes, he only takes the, uh, the last minute approach. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Well, we'll record these things a week before and then uh, you edit them on Wednesday right before they go out. What kind of irresponsible child are you working with, Kyle? That guy sounds awful. Uh, I don't know. I need to restructure this company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't monetize anything. Everything's <laughs> last minute. Total shit show. <laughs> Rounding out the rest of that month, there'll be uh, K White. I still want to call him Kevin White. I still don't know his name. Uh, if you are on Twitter, though, he is definitely worth the follow. He's one of the few people that you know will actually share losses and troubles. He does take a lot of time out to help people who are struggling or ask him questions. Yeah. Uh, just really good person. Uh, Rich Friesen will be back. Uh, yeah. After that, then we have Eric Mason, Anthony Vecino. Ooh, what else do we have? I just scheduled a whole shitload of people. Uh, we're still, I got to confirm, but I think we'll be doing order flow labs sometime here in the future. Yes. Uh, probably towards the end of March coming in early April release. Uh, Harold Vanderlind, uh, another one of those tricky, tricky Asian experts. Oh, 
Wait, That's for Ryan. I'm not racist. <laughs> well, as I say, he's he's Asian and he's a tricky expert, or he's an expert on tricky Asians. No, that. good lord, good lord. <laughs> no, he's an expert of the uh, the Asian markets. Yes, the <laughs> tricky Asian talking. markets. There we go. There we go. Okay. Yes. Glad, glad we cleared that up. <laughs> Uh, we got Derek Oldensmith coming in. Uh, Jared Beebler will come back. Oh, yeah. Um, well, oh, I got somebody named Flint Jameson. Oh, I didn't remember scheduling that one. The Flint Jameson? Uh, yeah, a ton. Wow. A ton of people coming up. Wow. I don't even know who some of them are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. We just keep getting better and better interviews. Uh, it's, it's so much fun. Uh, I was just watching. I was just watching the Ian Fraser uh, documentary about his book and everything that went down. Uh, I'm so flippant excited to talk to this guy. You haven't heard about the collapse of the Royal Bank of Scotland. I sent him a list of topics. I want to make sure that we hit. So, <laughs> yes. I don't know if we're going to have time for all of it. <laughs> right? Do you have ten hours? <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you? Do you have time to review the entire book? <laughs> All right. Well, we have got a capricious, cantankerous, dare I say, captivating episode today. Plenty of market moving news, stocks on the radar, and more options than crypto has ads on my fucking screen. <laughs> Boy, somebody really wants you to buy it. Somebody really, really, really wants me to buy some crypto, Kyle. It feels like many different people. <laughs> Was it Matt Damon? <laughs> yeah, I bought Bitcoin as soon as I saw that movie theater trailer. Really, really loving Matt Damon. <laughs> Reach out to us, folks. We love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook, on the Discord. We'll have the link to the Discord in the episode description. Uh, if you're old school, you can send us an email to number two bowls, two bowls at financialineptitude.com. Or you can give us a phone call, 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made, or maybe you and your friends have found a really fun and gentle alien, and now the government's out to catch you. It doesn't matter. We love it when you reach out. Been on the, the, the kid movie kick lately, haven't you? What? I'm not reliving the 80s yeah. to be nostalgic and regret my lost youth. What are you talking about? <laughs> also, uh, if people are in new school, how would they message us? Twitter, Facebook, Discord. I, I kind of feel like that's old school these days. Oh, shit. What's new school? I don't know. If you know what the new school way of communication is, please let us know. <laughs> and don't use the new way because we don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, don't use that. <laughs> Get in your time machine and help bring us forward. <laughs> yes. If everybody's beaming thoughts into each other's minds, I, I would like to know about it. Be part of that loop, please. I don't know. Is it Tinder? Is that what that is? <laughs> I, I don't think. I don't even think Tinder is what people use anymore. Like that, that was 10 years ago. Oh man. Anyway. All right, Kyle, uh, we got to eventually talk about the bet. Uh, did you make money? Yes. I think your percentage might've been slightly higher than mine. So I think you get to go first. Are we going off of our original total percentage or like my percentage um, gain? Yes. Percentage gain from this week. From, from this week. Uh, yeah, maybe two and a half percent, two percent. Okay, I'll type you it. go first. Okay, I go first. Damn, 
All right. Well, I shorted Ethereum. I tried something crazy. Didn't turn out to be too crazy, though, because Ethereum opened the week at uh, 2,871. That's what, where it's 14 cents, where it was at when the bell opened. Mm-hmm. And when the bell rang on Friday, it was at $2,789.06. And since I was short, that made me $15.22 to bring my total up to $547.75. I'm green for February. 547 what? 75. 75. That's a green February. Yeah, everyone's green. Yeah. Uh, I shorted Target. Uh, Target opened the week at 211.19 and closed at 204.39, which made me a little over $17. Takes my total up to 557.41. We are $10 apart. Random, that son of a bitch. Somehow the stock opened at 34.98, uh, super low. It was like, I thought it was buying a bottom again. Uh, luckily, after Friday, it ended up finishing at thirty four thirty three. So that took it from five seventy one sixty two down to five sixty one even. Wow, we are we are all within striking distance. So Random's still in the lead, but it's it's slowing. Wow. Also, I'd like to point out too that somehow Random has been going long in the middle of this craziness and outperforming us and outperforming us <laughs> as the market goes down. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Well, fucking random. Fucking random. <laughs> what is happening? Wow. How is that possible? Uh, don't think we're going to win any new followers with this bet total. <laughs> we, better, yeah. we better wrap this thing up clean. Oh, stay tuned to the end of the episode, folks. We will be back at you with our latest bet picks. To will these, was, Is this going to be the last one for February? We're going to sneak one more in there after um, that. What does the calendar look like? Well... I think this will be the last one for February, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, one more for February. Yeah, that's four weeks. Try and make it a good one. Uh, But until then, maybe it's time to talk about some news. Well, we all know why we're listening today. The shop is bursting with the week to replay. So sit back, we got some market affairs. Get some stories for the bulls and the bears. Clowns running companies. Laws change overnight. Here we are. It's time for China Shop News. Yeah, now it's time for China Shop All right, Shop Kyle, what, what, uh, what are the big... Big stories today. I mean, we've got world peace and nobody's hungry and everybody's wealthy. So is there any news going on? Actually, now that you mentioned that, oh, no, that's, that's, that'd be stock news. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone's still upset about uh, the possibility of war in Ukraine and uh, things definitely look like they're escalating. They are. They are indeed. Actually, I think today there was a big old drop was a, a major explosion, I think, was reported in the uh, eastern region of Ukraine. Apparently, there's been a lot of uh, shelling there, and uh, U.S. officials told the Wall Street Journal they're now expecting a Russian attack in the next few days. So we went from, like, nothing's going to happen, nothing's going to happen, to uh, troops are pulling back, uh, and they're not pulling back. Now they're putting more troops up there. Uh, there was a big cyber attack uh, at the beginning of the week. And then, like, after that cyber attack was when they were talking about the troops withdrawing, and I'm like, wait, what? No. None of this is making any sense. Yeah. You don't attack somebody's like infrastructure through cyber attacks to get your troops out of the region. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you do that in preparation of like coming in. Oh man. Yeah, this is uh this Jeez. is starting to look a lot uh this is starting to look a lot uh, like it's gonna happen, unfortunately. Like yeah, we don't need to worry about inflation if bombs are blowing oh, up in yeah. Ukraine. 
I guess that's a good point. Uh, they're estimating about 170 to 190,000 personnel in Russia uh, near Ukraine, up from about 100,000 at the end of January. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the U.S. has moved uh, 200 soldiers with striker armored fighting vehicles to Hungary. So that'll stop them. Yeah. Wow. That that's a, oh my goodness. Wow. That's a disproportionate response. I guess I don't know the art of diplomacy. <laughs> I'm guessing the U.S. is probably not going to want to get involved in this. Um, this is one of the things that could spiral out of control pretty quickly. It's not the first time, too, that Russia has like, taken territory from the Ukraine. I mean, didn't they steal or annex Crimea from them? Well, <laughs> depends on who you ask. But yeah, they, they did not control <laughs> Crimea, and now they do control Crimea. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or, well, it's technically, Russian time. separatists control it, not Russia, but some somehow they have Russian right. weapons, you know. Oh, my goodness. And a port for Russia. I, uh, yeah, and a very strategic port. I'm, I held on to my RTX calls, that's for sure. I'm still holding mine, although I'm losing kind of faith in that trade. I think I'm much more happier with the, uh, the put spread I put on the SPY. Mm. <laughs> Downside to those, though, is they're really hard to get rid of. Like, the underlying is up, like, 300 points, but, like, the actual trade itself is maybe up $100 because, like, as the one, the one I sold to hedge it goes up in value, too. Uh, so, even though it's moving in my direction until it actually gets in the money, I don't think it'll start to separate too much for a bit. I see, I see. Ah, uh, the joys of... The joys of credit spreads and debit spreads. <laughs> right. Anyway, what other news you got? It looks like, uh, you know, oil is uh, pushing towards $100 a barrel. A lot of this is on this news too, right? Yes. Specifically on the Ukrainian news, uh, the price of oil is going up uh, as everybody, I, I imagine, as demand. You know, everybody wants to buy the oil before all the supplies shuts down. Well, especially if there's a war then. I mean, it takes quite a lot of fuel to power all these vehicles. Mm -hmm. Do you remember last year when Russia was saying that they thought uh, oil would be $100 a barrel? That's right. Oh, my God. Do you think that this uh, that this war is maybe has something to do with that? Oil <laughs> <laughs> like, is not going up as fast as we wanted. We need to go invade Ukraine again. Like they bought a ton of oil futures, invade Ukraine and sell them and then right. back out of Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, fossil fuels is where they make the majority of their income as a country. That's true. Uh, yeah, they be definitely benefit from higher oil prices. Strangely, though, mm -hmm. when this happens, normally American oil, like shale oil companies, really ramp up production because, you know, the, it costs yeah. a lot more to extract that shale oil, way, way higher economic and, and environmental cost. Uh, but they apparently, the two big publicly traded ones, um, They've pledged to limit their production to no more than 5% instead of the more normal, like, 20%. Is there a reason for it? Are they sick of triggering earthquakes? <laughs> you know, this article <laughs> in Yahoo Finance uh, did not address that specifically. It was saying that they don't want to uh, in increase supply too fast. The, okay, the that makes a lot more sense. Trying to trying to figure out what benefit it would be to you to limit your own production. So if they could increase supply too fast, the the prices will come down, and then they're not making money. Yeah, that sucks well, for the rest of us, though. It does. It <laughs> does because we could be seeing you know like the seven dollar a gallon gas at the tank. You know, and as as consumers, like ultimately that's where it hits us. Ugh, I hope it doesn't get that high. Yeah, and then everything else becomes expensive. I think it was the summer of two thousand seven. I was in Colorado, and the price of a gallon of gas was 
the highest I'd ever paid for it. It was four and a half dollars. Mm-hmm. And I had a 20 gallon tank. And I remember being like, 80 fucking dollars to fill my goddamn tank. The hell's happening in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's been a good last decade. Yeah. So they're saying they, they won't even increase it beyond 5%, even if oil gets 150 or $200 a barrel, but a dollars a barrel. Wow. So that means supply gaps are can only be filled by Saudi Arabia or United Arab Emirates. Those are the only two OPEC countries with significant spare capacity. See, now I'm all for that strategy. I would much rather use up their oil before we use up ours. Right, right. I mean, it's good to not be dependent on somebody else, but at the same time, like if it's a finite resource, let's use up uh, let's use up uh, everything over there yeah. in the Middle East first. You you heard it here first, folks. Not America first. Straight out of Kyle's <laughs> mouth. America second. <laughs> I've been saying this for years. I think that's always <laughs> been our strategy. Let's use up all their oil first, then right. we don't have to worry about them. <laughs> and then the wealth of of the middle east disappears <laughs> and we don't we don't have to worry about fighting in the middle east genius ever again never again. yeah because oil that's what started it <laughs> if there's nothing there then we won't fight that's what started it oh man we're veering way off course anyway uh oil yeah. price up uh and and something and, and tie into this is something george told us you know a year ago he's talking about how they say the beginning of a bear market is the oil really moves up in the last gaps mm. of the the bull run before the bear? Really? Yeah, I don't remember that. Which episode was that? I need to go back and listen to it. That was, um, I believe, his first or second time on the show. Um, I think we were t- we were talking to him about uh, with Chevron. I think one of the oil stocks. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, should we move on here? It- Not everybody is a, a scaredy bear, Dan. I actually okay. found a story from uh, BMO's capital markets, Brian Bolesky. Brian Belsky. Okay. He says that recession fears are overblown and the S&P 500 should rally 20% by year end. All right, let's do it. Says the flattening of the bond yield curve is nothing to worry about. And in fact, U.S. <laughs> stocks normally post solid gains when the year curve, yield curve is evening out. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's sticking to his view. He thinks the S&P 500 will rise to 5,300 by the end of the year. That's one of the most bullish forecasts on Wall Street. And he, he mentioned the tapering at all, the, the loss of Papa's pocketbook, giving us an allowance every month right into the market? I don't think he cares. Damn. I'll read on uh, the, the reasoning for that, but it looks like clickbait. <laughs> I guess that's that's the, the the thing, and we'll see this if we are indeed, as I believe, transitioning into a bear run for a while. Uh, I guess then when you're on a bear run, are there always the people popping up saying like, it's about to turn around? Just like when you're on a bull run, everybody's like, it's about to crash. <laughs> I'm sure there are. As people love to make predictions. Like this is something that's not going to be remembered in a year unless the S&P is at 5,300. Right. right. So it only makes sense to make a crazy speculation like that. Yeah. Because if you get it right, guess what? People want to hear what you have to say a lot more now. Should we be making more crazy speculations on this show? We should. But we should do it in a way that we can forget about all the other ones and only recognize the ones that work. Nostradamus style. Yes. Yeah. But also, to be fair, like the stocks that we look at and the levels that we talk about on on this program, um, well, worked pretty well. If anybody was following along with those trades i think they've probably done all right i would feel really bad if they didn't (laughs) yes (laughs) i'm trying my best here damn it clown hat smiley face clown hat smiley (laughs) face play that (laughs) disclaimer again (laughs) where's that george uh reading of his uh disclaimer we do have that i'm gonna find that i'll play that right there oh we do 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Play that. Yeah. Perfect. To the moon. Thanks, George. <laughs> All right. Thanks, George. Uh, I think I have one other story. I think you pulled it up, too. Uh, this one be quick. Uh, they finally did ban the uh, Fed Reserve top officials from trading stocks and cryptocurrencies. Yes. Good. That only makes sense. Unless so, they're going to be like uh, tweeting it an hour before in one hour, I'm going to make this trade and give us all time to get in too. No, I think they can't <laughs> trade it at all. They can't trade individual stocks or cryptocurrencies, a range of investments. I'm guessing they can still buy uh, like uh, ETS, like the SPY. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't stop somebody from being able to invest for their future at all. But what's more than likely going to happen is uh, their wives, I think, are going to become super traders. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't restrict the spouses. <laughs> I'm guessing they didn't. Uh, new officials have six months from the date they joined to uh, to dispose of all permissible holdings. Uh, people who are currently with the Fed, they have uh, one year to get rid of them. Uh, the story is developing, so as more information comes available, they should update the link that we'll post. But yeah, they did it. That's what happens when you uh, when you make a shitload of money on something when you have knowledge that you're not supposed to trade on. <laughs> you can't get more insider than that, right? You can't get more insider yep. than being at the Fed for all those discussions. Well, Congress. Okay, well. Shorting the market when uh, <laughs> COVID was hitting. As, as we've talked about, there's a lot of people in Congress on both sides of the aisle that do a lot of investing. And the debate has begun. I have been seeing stories. Mm -hmm. uh, there are Congress people and senators now saying like, yeah, we should pass a restriction not only on Congress and the Senate, but their spouses as well. So and then I've seen the other side of that is like, nobody would want to run for the Senate anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, <laughs> if there's no money in it. Maybe we'll have people who actually want to affect change <laughs> and do it for, you know, as the civic duty. That's, or that's, you guys will just vote yourselves massive pay raises like you do every year. Every fucking time. How awesome would it be if you're, you could vote on your own pay raise? I think we can. We just don't have the money to pay us what we're saying we need to get paid. How can we get taxation yeah, power with our company? How can, we, how can we tax the American people, whether they want to or not? I'll figure out how to monetize Discord then. <laughs> <laughs> See how it happens? It's a slippery slope. I know, right? All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Was it four legs good, two legs bad? <laughs> yeah. Four legs good, two legs better? What about the chickens? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we are wildly off topic. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and just move on to do some, some live reads here. All right. Kyle, you know, the other day I was reading my spiritual book of choice, and I was overcome by an amazing sensation. It was peace and it was calm. And I was struck with, a, with this stunning just thought that just was kept vibrating and it bounced around in my head. Like, if you need help with a mortgage, there's a place you can go. I mean, I'm telling you, this was straight mm -hmm. from some sort of immortal deity or higher power straight into my heart and mind. Uh, it was really, really amazing experience. Was it Zanu? Zenu. Zenu. Beamed it right in with 747s. Nice. That'll alienate some listeners. Take that, Scientologists. I was wondering if your spiritual book was uh, L. Ron Hubbard's Magnus Opus, <laughs> Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Battlefield, that's right. Johnny, you got to wear the helmet. They're going to hit you with a sound attack. All right. Uh <laughs> 
two bowls in a china shop is on editing this <laughs> two two bowls in a china shop is brought to you by sue poland at fairway independent mortgage and equal housing lender sue poland is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs the reason that she came into my mind and heart when i was thinking uh, and praying was how well she does her with her customer service, her client satisfaction. She's just got over 20 years of experience helping thousands of people. And even if it's something wacky like reverse mortgages, uh, Sue can help. Hey, hang on. Do I hear something? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Sue, welcome to the show. No. <laughs> Sue, where'd you come from? Yeah. We were just talking about you. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> I'm getting tired of you bad-mouthing reverses in your sarcasm. <laughs> I told him not to. What? I told him not to. Wait till you turn 62, my dear. Okay, and you will well, realize you know, how great they are. Well, yeah. well, tell me why it's a good thing, because okay. I've been told before that it's not worth it. Right. Well, first of all, I will tell you and anybody out there listening, don't trust what somebody else tells you. Their lack of knowledge is not what you should go by. Because mm -hmm. the, the biggest problem with reverses are, is that people don't understand them. They don't get what they are and they don't try to find out. So really and truly, it's been proven that that doing a reverse mortgage when you turn 62, because you have to be 62, actually, not only does it help you if you need the cash, because it used to be the loan of last resort, but it actually helps, um, it helps folks have more money throughout their retirement. It helps them to leave a bigger legacy to their kids, their children, and whomever they're leaving their stuff to. It is actually proven that it is the way of the future to enable people to get through retirement. Because the biggest concern right now is people aren't going to have enough money to get through retirement. And in yeah. a down market, when the market is bad, do you really want to be pulling money out of your, your retirement assets? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's Instead, a really good point. use the equity in your house to do it, to use it, and you can continue to build your wealth from your um, from your assets. Um, it, the other thing I like to tell people is why in your 60s and 70s and 80s, do you really want to have a mortgage payment? No. Do you want to be pulling money from your social security to make your mortgage payment? Yeah, no. Not at all. You shouldn't. Put a reverse mortgage on because what is the reverse mortgage doing? It's actually paying. It's it's being paid through the equity of your house. Your equity is great to have. You have a paid off house. You have zero zero loans on it. But what good is having a a, a, a non financed piece of of uh, your house? What can you do with it? Can you take off the stairs and go to the grocery store and buy your groceries? Yeah, <laughs> not, not that usually. I it out. <laughs> yeah, you really can't. So, what is it? What is the purpose of a reverse mortgage? It allows you to stay in the house, you being sixty-two or older, to stay in the house and not have a mortgage payment. People say, "But who's making the payment?" The equity of your house is making the payment. What happens if the uh, market collapses and you lose all that equity and you have a loan out on it? Well, you still have a loan. What happens on your traditional mortgage if that happens? You keep making the payment, right? Yep. Right. You don't walk away from it. The same thing on a reverse mortgage, the equity or what they thought was the equity in it continues to make the payment. You don't. And the beautiful part of it is it's a non-recourse loan, which means you are never on the hook for more than what the value of that property is. Not just you, but your heirs as well. 
I was trying to set you up with the softball there. You never (laughs) lose. Because they're they're also they're insured by the government now, aren't they? Aren't they backed by the government? The majority of them are is a HECM, the the home equity line of credit, Mm -hmm. uh, and that is that is backed by the federal government. Yeah. So, do you have one? I'm not 62 yet. Oh, I knew that. Will I have one when I turn 62? <laughs> Heck yes. In two, 25 years, right? <laughs> <laughs> Try two years, Daniel. <laughs> All right, Dan. Well, have you feel? Do you feel schooled? I do. I wish I owned a house I could get a reverse mortgage on. <laughs> really? Let me tell you what I will say. It sounds too good to be true. Yeah. Because it's so basic, so simple that it really, it really is a really good thing. And what I tell people is you owe it to yourself to at least research about them, find out what they're really about, find out if it's what you want to help you in your particular situation. There is only one type of person that I have found where they are not good. One. Mm-hmm. And that person is the gambler. Ah. The one who's going to take all of their money and go gamble it away and have nothing left. They can still live in their house rent-free, mortgage-free. I mean, not mortgage-free, but they don't make a payment. But they don't have that excess cash that they could have otherwise. Well, to be fair, the gambler doesn't do well with any money. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel judged. I feel judged. <laughs> But check it out. At least research it. I've got a really good book that that it, that goes through the, the. It's very easy reading. Goes through the basics of what it is and helps you to understand it in layman terms. If anybody wants it, they can reach out to you guys, and I'll be happy to send them a, a copy. Uh, and send me the link. I'll put it in the episode description. Got it. Yeah. Well, thanks for stopping by, Sue, and explaining that for us. I really, really appreciate that. We'll have to bring you back and do a deeper dive on that. Yeah, we need we need to have you back for a whole new uh, episode. Kyle, put her on the calendar. Okay, I'll just stick her on there. Just stick her on there. We we got room somewhere. (laughs) Bye, Sue. Bye. (laughs) See ya. Bye. Uh, Two Bulls and China Shop is also proud to be affiliated with the Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro Academy is the institutional educational, not institutional, the educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced traders. Translation, you can learn to trade like the big institutions. we got a great staff, highly knowledgeable, successful traders, and there's no better place that we found to learn all you need to know to be a successful trader. I'm feeling very tongue-tied today. Mm. Uh, you can find them online at tradeproacademy.com or you can use our affiliate link in the episode description as it's a great way to support the show and prove your own knowledge and skills. Also, if you join our Discord, we do have a 10% discount link in the, uh, I guess it'd be the discount links tab. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I did see too that it uh, looks like TradePro just released their latest, um, what was it? Their latest uh, options course. It looks like they updated those. Yeah. I hadn't had a chance to check that out yet, but uh, looking forward to maybe jumping into that next week. Sounds good to me. You know, uh, on top of that, Kyle, the awesome Flary and Leo from Orderflow Labs uh, were kind enough to share their toolkit for trading futures on Sierra Charts. Uh, they shared it with us, and we have been finding a lot, of, a lot of good, great, great custom studies for structure and execution buy-sell zones, liquidity zones, dominator cell aggression signals, exhaustion absorption detectors, reconstructed tape. Uh, they, they've got really amazing stuff. <laughs> keep going. They're kind of, yeah. yeah, keep going. There's, there's thousands And more. they don't bombard you with a bunch of them. Like, they spend a lot of time... They spend a lot of time developing them and then also coming up with a way to like 
teach you how to use them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. They got a great Discord community and plenty of YouTube videos, and they do a lot of Zoom calls. Uh, they're, they're constantly adding and testing new studies. They offer so much support. Uh, so if you're trading futures, uh, check, out, check them out at orderflowlabs.com. Uh, fantastic stuff. We know because they paid us to tell you. That's right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not really. <laughs> they, they did literally gave us a free month. <laughs> That's what they did. They did. And we are using it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, my little bot is uh, fantastic. I love this bot based on their studies. Yeah. All right, time to talk about some stocks, Dan? Yeah, let's talk about them. You say you want a ticker that wins. The bell just rung. It's time to get in. Ups drive us wild. Drops drive us crazy. Kyle, I got a lot to talk about. Well, you got all the stories, so why don't you uh, do those, and then I'll do the uh, the watch list. Okay. All right. Uh, Kathy Wood was in the news a little bit today. She issued a stern warning to investors that they're making one of the greatest misallocations of capital in history. What does she mean? Uh, <laughs> she's saying that... Uh, Investors are risk averse, so they're going into uh, value companies. They're going into older companies, and they're going into to ETFs that track the market. Yeah, and that's misallocating capital. Uh, she says legacy companies—they're attractive because they've made money, but she says they're, they're susceptible to being overtaken by rivals, and uh, benchmarks aren't aren't safe. I should say, uh, well, let me, um, quote, let me read her quote. But, benchmarks are, <laughs> benchmarks are yeah. where they are. And especially the largest companies and stocks in the benchmarks are where they are because of past successes. If we're right, those are the companies that are going to be disrupted. So her, her way of viewing the market mm-hmm. is which companies are disrupting an existing market. That's the one she wants to get in on. And she's saying too okay. many. Too many investors aren't willing to to put risk into a, a disruptive company. They want to invest in the tried and true. Well, okay. So investing is not a game of being right or wrong necessarily, but you kind of need everybody on your side. So if everybody's going the other way, then if you want to be successful, you should probably be trading the things that they want to buy. She actually said owning index funds is more dangerous than investing with ARK. Quote, those benchmarks are where the risk is, not our portfolios, end quote. <laughs> they change the benchmarks. If a company gets overtaken, then it gets replaced. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree that maybe like on the, uh, the, the aspect that like the benchmarks are overrated. But I mean, I guess if, you're play- if she's playing like a super long game, which looking at the performance of the portfolio since uh, November, I'm guessing she's got to be. Yeah. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this story is, is it plugs the ARKX, her flagship ARK Innovation ETF, ARKK, 
and I pulled up its daily and yeah. I was like, it's, it's at a really big do or die level. Like, oh my God. I'm looking at it too. It's not looking pretty. Yeah. That, uh, I think I got 62 as it's, at, it's currently at 6480 and 62 to me is the level in the volume profile. Like if it breaks, we're, we're going down to 50 and 50 is like, it, it, we're talking all of her gains are gone, right? I guess back in 2015, yeah. <laughs> it was it was in the 20s, but shit, it's been bearish since 95. <laughs> yeah, it's not looking uh, it's not looking all that great. And yeah, you're right. There's a huge volume ledge that it's just on the precipice of right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I'm looking for logs here yet. <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm eyeing if it if it breaks that 62 breaks below 60 with some volume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might be worth some puts. I think it, I think it'll see fifty before it sees sixty again. <laughs> what else you got on uh, the radar there? Um, well, one of uh, your favorite companies of days past, Virgin Galactic, just had their uh, mm, chairman resign. Yeah, uh, that was Chamath. That was the guy that brought the uh, company public. Yeah, the SPAC king. The company didn't disclose a reason why he left the uh, Evan level, the chief investment officer. Well, he sold all his shares. So what's he, what's he doing with them anymore? <laughs> he, he can't vote himself the chairman. I mean, there's no point. I mean, I'm pretty sure he closed everything out. Uh, the, the, I know uh, Virgin Galactic has really taken a beating, but uh, trading at eight. I mean, yeah, I could still go to zero, but uh, they just started taking bookings for, uh, the next rounds of their commercial operations. So I think, uh, I think this might be the point where it starts to turn around. Well, that's, that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up was when I pull up the chart, I went, Whoa, it is. Yeah. It's not hitting a new low. It's, it's low as six ninety, and mm-hmm. it's recent lows were seven fifty eight. It's so it's, yep. it's still got some cushion. It, it's not making on new all time lows. And like you said, like space tourism remains an industry, it remains a thing. Well, yeah, this could be this could be a good, really good long play, like for for some shares you wanna wanna hold, hold, hold. And there was a huge volume spike. Uh, was that on the fifteenth? Yeah, this that month. was the date they announced they were taking bookings again. Uh, we knew that this period because you, when the drop started, that was after the last uh, test flight back in July mm-hmm. and we knew that they were going to be doing pretty much nothing for the next like six months or so while we waited for their waiting for their, the, the maintenance on the carrier plane to get finished. So that should be wrapping up soon. So mm-hmm. uh, this might be the time where they start taking in some revenue and seeing what they can actually do with this thing. And it's, it's a lot less of a risk now. Yeah. Much less risk. If you're, if you're looking to get along there or maybe even get some, uh, some leaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got one, one last one to bring up was, uh, DraftKings. <laughs> Fucking DraftKings. Uh, <laughs> I've been they, wanting to be short this stock since we first looked at it a year or two ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, March was the time to start. Um, they're not doing well. <laughs> they just released, uh, a, a forecast of a much wider than expected loss. Really? Because they actually posted some decent earnings. They did, but uh, their 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 forecast 
their their for, their, yeah. their expectations. Yeah, that guidance is. Uh, yeah, their guidance has been really the the tricky thing. They're down over twenty percent today as we speak. Uh, they're oh yeah, oh, that's a big old gap after those earnings. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um. Fuck. What do you do with this one? It Look is for a retest at twenty. It's at the. F- fucking floor man like i drew the line at 1675 with the volume profile going back since it's uh ipo at nine nine low it's low as 976 mm-hmm. it's like right clang here at the bottom so this could be this could be a time you know to see if this spot holds again but it was tested before this happened we had three big you know at this price i actually kind of like DraftKings. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not going to buy a falling knife either. Um, I got a level at 16. I'm going to watch and see what happens when it hits that. Now, if we start to get some strength, look at on the weekly real quick. Weekly. Isn't that a candle pattern? Uh, three falling soldier or three rising soldiers? I guess it's that it might be what it's called. I can't remember. I don't know where my book is. I don't either. It's definitely a pattern. Um, but I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> which direction the pattern says it's going to go. Yeah, well, that's why I think the safest thing to do is to look at the uh, map some resistance levels out. Like, I think there's a really good one at 16. We'll see if it can catch support there and then wait until it comes back up and approaches 20. And if it can break through 20, then maybe you got something. Yeah, but it's got to break that structure that that bearish structure is looking really, really bad. We need to start seeing some higher highs and higher lows before you want to try to go long. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> The CEO dismissed the plunge, <laughs> just said, oh, it's a wild market right now. No big deal. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so if you look on the daily, look how massive that he- <clears throat> head and shoulders was with the uh, the head back in March. Oh, yeah. Uh, left shoulder on the 2nd of October and the other one in September. That was one hell of a head and shoulders pattern. Oh, yeah. Wish I'd been watching that before. <laughs> no, I guess we should be watching for like sixteen seventy-five area to hold as a shoulder, like it can dip down, like you said. Uh, I just have that as uh, the next closest support. I just want to see if sixteen catches on my radar. I've got two that I was looking at. Uh, first one is HZNP. Oh, Horizon Therapeutics. And I've been watching this stock for a while, but it's uh, finally really defined like a nice bear trend uh, since uh, the beginning of November. You can see the lower lows and lower highs. It just bounced off of a support at 98. I would have liked to try to get a position close to that 98, trying to look for a retest of that 82. But uh, this one is looking very, very shortable. Uh, I will have to take your word for it. I have not loaded up the ticker because the Z key does not work on my keyboard. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need me to send you another one? In uh, Discord no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm loading the chart right now. I swear. I swear. Just takes me extra time to load up a Z. Oh, to have to find a Z in your chat history. So they have earnings in March, but yeah, they're mm, very, yeah, that's they're looking very, crazy. very shaky. Yeah. Yeah. And coming in, they just came into a, a consolidation range that they'd been uh, where that ascending triangle took off. Uh, they're right back into that range again. So I guess what to see, I want to see too what happens if it gets back down to the 82 half, see if it falls down to the next tier below 
and then you're looking at like 66 half uh, as possible target, you know, 68 to 66 half. I drew a trend line on this, this stock. Uh, we talked about it early, earlier in the year. I got a trend line on it that it broke below in uh, January 7th, and it just retested that 98.32. Mm-hmm. Like my trend line, like that, mm-hmm. that's the spot on the trend line. Like, it, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, I guess it technically yes. November is when it started. But, yeah, I'm with you 100%. Uh, next one I got, uh, last one, I guess, uh, is Bristol Myers squib. Uh, I can't remember if we talked about Johnson and Johnson on here recently. Um, but I was looking at Johnson and Johnson and wanting a short somewhere around the 171 range. I didn't like how it broke above it. So I kind of looked away, uh, pull it up, uh, this week again, and then saw that, uh, not only did it break below my level at 167, it's now on its way down to my 161 target. So Rather than, you know, try to trade one that's already had the move happen and grab something else in the same sector that's showing a lot of strength. But uh, I think this is probably going to bounce off of that 68 level. Obviously, you know, want to wait for that confirmation. But uh, I think this one is also looking like it's ready to, to, to have a nice little drop. If it bounces off that 68, looking at, you know, targets from 65 half, 64, 63, and then down to the 60s. I I mean I think there's a case to be made that it already bounced off the 58 on the 16th. I think it did too, but uh, this one's also a lot closer to that than Johnson and Johnson was. So if you want to try to make a play, I think we can try to grab onto this one with some puts and yeah, see if you can get it. Uh, see if we can get a retest of that 63 level. In fact, yeah. I think this one's my favorite one. This is the one I'm going to try to trade on Monday. And you're right; it's got plenty of room to blow. It might, it might even test 60. I've also been kind of toying with the idea of maybe just opening up some long-term swings on any stock that breaks a new high. <laughs> right. Darvis style. You know, like like leaps. Like It may take a year, but uh, I'm sure this will come back down. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Some some put leaps? Yeah. Any stock that's hitting a new yeah. high? Okay. Yeah, I like it. That's like probably it. not a good trading idea. <laughs> do it. <laughs> uh, should we uh, hit some earnings real quick yeah. and then move on to crypto? Let's do it. All right. Uh, the 21st, uh, Dillard's, uh, 22nd, Home Depot, Diamondback Energy, Macy's, HSBC. On the 23rd, we've got Lowe's, eBay, Live Nation, LYV, another one I like to short, uh, and Plug. On the 24th, we've got Intuit, Budweiser, BUD, Moderna, MRNA, and Carvana. And nothing really of note on Friday. All right. Nothing of note on Friday. Okay, so that, that brings us up to talking about some crypto. Yeah, I think so. All right. Look at the news. What do you see? The cult of cryptocurrency. I know you're greedy. I know you need. All right, Kyle, so many crypto stories to talk about. Uh, Remember last week we were talking about all the new crypto ads expected to be seen in the Super Bowl? Yes. Did you see the Coinbase one? No. What was it? It was 60 seconds of a QR code just kind of bouncing around on the screen like a screensaver. Oh my God. That makes this story that much more horrible. It works so well that the Coinbase... uh, servers got overloaded and they couldn't even handle all the people trying to load up the uh the ad 
Yeah, uh, the crypto app downloads boosted by 279% from those apps. Fortune favors the bold, Dan. Apparently. <laughs> Fortune favors the bold. My goodness. Yeah, Coinbase <laughs> led, the, led the charge with that. Oh, the, co- the comments on Twitter about the Coinbase uh, outages are hilarious. They're saying that Coinbase has outages without this traffic. What on earth made them think they could handle the influx of a Super Bowl ad? <laughs> <laughs> I guess one of the other exchanges, FTX, they had a Larry David ad. Uh, they saw 130% boost. I, I got to admit, I I was shown the ad when I was surfing today. And I, I did actually think that the ad itself was very funny, though I disagree with the premise. I do like Larry David. I do want to see that. Oh, my God. You guys like Larry David? Oh. <laughs> Larry David's awesome. He wrote Seinfeld. <laughs> No, he did. I watched like nine seasons of his. Oh, Curb? Curb is awesome. (laughs) Every time I watch it, I think, oh, Kyle would like this. Oh, yeah. I've seen them all. Yeah, they're (laughs) fucking funny. Jen hates them. My favorite was the, the what was it? The the foisting? Foisting. Oh, God. Yeah. With the assistant. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, Yes. yes, yes. (laughs) All right. Where were we, Dan? Oh. Yeah, so crypto's getting a big boost. Fortune favors the bold. Um, yeah, I never thought that would be that would be pointed at me in such a way. Like you, you, you brave bro. You got you got nuts. Yeah. You got stones. <laughs> you got the stones to buy crypto or not? Were you gonna back out? Like like whoa, <laughs> so aggressive. You gonna hodl this shit? Yeah, hodl this shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Who is selling that? Uh, they had to take out all these ads. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, these all the institutional money that tried to get into it and like realize like mm, we need Matt Damon to save us. Well, yeah, I think I think that's that's <laughs> that's about it. They're like, oh, we know how to boost. Yeah, boost you guys. We've been boosting for years. Like we got this. What? We'll just make a slick ad. Put Matt Damon in it. Ah, We're good. Do you think Matt Damon would? Do you think he'd uh, do an ad for us? Oh my god! If we had hit the money, fortune favors the bulls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we should at least find a Matt Damon impersonator. There you go. I'm sure you can find one on uh, Fiverr. (laughs) Uh, What was your other story? You had another one about, I want to know what this means, the legalizing Bitcoin that the Ukrainian parliament's doing. Yeah, like right in the middle of, of, of a potential war between Ukraine and Russia, amid the looming threat, Ukraine legalized cryptocurrencies. I guess they weren't legal there. Like, I don't know if you couldn't, couldn't mine it? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, but the parliament adopted law, the law on virtual assets, which will legalize crypto exchanges and cryptocurrencies. What does that mean? Oh, so now they're using cryptocurrencies to fund the war preparations along the border? Well, there are actually several uh, uh, Ukrainian groups have already been accepting cryptocurrency donations to help fund the war effort. Like that's already mm-hmm. been happening. So, so they, I think the reason we're seeing this happen amidst all this war is that's what they're doing. They're trying to pop open another outlet for funding uh for for themselves like it's smart yeah how does turkey fit into this uh there <laughs> turkey's not too far away <laughs> that's all i know <laughs> geographically speaking uh, turkey's closer to the ukraine than we are back to you kyle <laughs> very much so <laughs> and on that insightful insight <laughs> Uh, you got any more, or should uh, I uh, the, the last... reach for the stars? Oh, fuck. fuck. God damn it. <laughs>
my good this week has uh, was timing my sale of the SPXS calls I had today. I had twenty dollars calls and it broke twenty, and it hit. A I point. really like that because you you also did it like almost at like break even, right? Like slightly profitable. Yeah, you weren't trying yeah. to hold out for a lot more. I made five bucks off of the the green move of the day, like the big move of the day caught it really close to the top but how, what was it down leading into the start the day though two days ago let's see so i so i bought it i bought it at 86 i think 86 87 mm-hmm. cents yeah 87 cents it got as low as uh uh i want to say 16 or 17 cents <laughs> okay yeah so you got out you made a lot of money then on that technically technically yeah, if 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 I had loaded up <laughs> when it was at its lowest, I would have really hit a grand slam. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. Where like a, a position will get close to break even, then I'll be like, "Well, fuck! Now it's going my way. Let it ride." Yeah, exactly. Rather exactly. than trying to just get out. We'll get to that in my bed. I think that's a fantastic good. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> my good and my bad and my ugly are kind of all tied together, so you kind of have to hear them all. To okay. really make sense of it, uh, my bad was over trading on Thursday. I was I was trading way too much. I think I mm. ended up break even on the day, but because of commissions, it ended up being a nice red day. Uh, my ugly was trying to trade the Fed meeting on Wednesday. Took way Ooh. too much risk and basically made my week flat or negative after commissions on something that should have been like a really nice green week. Yeah, uh, but my good was the refocusing on Friday. So using my notes and my journaling, I was able to come up with a plan to try to address the issues that I identified throughout the week. And I had, I think, one of the best days I've had trading futures uh, today because of that. That's fantastic. Congratulations. I limited the number of trend trades. Um, What was the other notes? Uh, I cut down on the number of the 30-second open range trades I like to make. And then... The the hardest one was one of the wide stop trades I used on my pre-planned levels. Uh, man, I wanted to flatten that so many times, but it was a great level. Uh, it was it was just a, a good entry, and I just had to sit on my hands and let it happen. Yeah, and how much heat did you end up taking on that? Uh, I took probably five or six points of heat, but uh, ended up cashing it out at nineteen points. Yeah, and I could have managed that even better to hit my second take profit too, but I was at that point, just trying to get out. Yeah. There's, there's one thing that playing with bot trading has taught me. It's that, uh, sometimes, you know, you need that wide stop to catch that bigger move. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, if your entry is, is solid, like that stop might be bigger than I'm like, I may be used to when I'm trading live myself. Like I'm like, ah, 20 points. No. One of the things that I identified too in my review was that like when the day starts out negative, like it just seems to compound. Uh, so one of the things that I focused on today was making sure that each trade was kind of treated as its own entity. Uh, but that's sometimes easier said than done. If you have like three losers in a row, you know it. And then you find yourself trying to chase a bigger win rather than taking, you know, three points when it's there. You're trying to catch, you know, 10, 15, 20, trying to get back to even. That's that's just a recipe for disaster. That's how you turn a, a losing day into a big losing day or a blown out account. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So what was your bad? My bad was uh, on, on Monday, 
I was over at Jen's, you know, being Valentine's Day and whatnot. Oh yeah, that was Valentine's and Day. And we were standing standing in her in her backyard uh and I had my phone out and I, I looked down and I said, Wow, I'm up thirty percent on this XPXS call. I should just sell it. And she says, Do it. Mm. And I looked at it and I and I was look I went and loaded up the SPY chart and was like, hmm, well, you know what? I think this is just the start of the move. I'm going to hold it. I've got these till Friday. <laughs> and that was my bad because if uh, I take just taken that profit and I kept watching it, I would have, it would have seen its bottom. I could yeah. have gotten back in at like 30 cents and sold it for another 90. So yep. uh, I, I had a, I, I knew when to exit. That's what, that's, that's what made it so bad is I knew when to exit. I even said something and then I like talked myself yeah. out of it and I got to do better at that. Uh, when I'm options trading is do better at like when, when my risk manager, my brain says like, take the profit, like take the fucking profit. Got to practice what I preach. Like, take profit when you got it, Dan, what are you doing this for? It's for the profit. You make one trade a week that makes you 20% return. Like that's good enough. Yeah. 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 You don't need to do any more than that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, should I go on to my ugly? Well, yeah, what was your ugly? My botched bot. I consider that ugly. Uh, you can't call that ugly. Why? Because of how, what, what I did. It was so... Okay, all right. Well, then my bad was my ugly. We'll say it was my bad, all right? You just heard my ugly. Here's my bad. Well, no, because you're ugly. You're, you're ugly made your, or your bot. Are you talking about the, the understanding the, the study wrong and then having yep. a super profitable bot made out of it. But the more profitable bot is when I fixed it to line up with the way the study works. It's just, they're both profitable. Oh, okay. Never mind. I missed that second part. Okay. They're All both right. profitable bots. <laughs> and I think that has to do with, with right. uh, programming my stop losses properly. But I, yeah, yeah. it's, it was bad because Kyle, I, it, I programmed a code of logic that did not do what I thought it was doing. And I, and I looked at it several times and I copied it at least twice <laughs> right? to change, to make it mm. look at something else. Uh, and it, the whole time running these bots and, and, uh, uh, yeah, I consider that really ugly. Cause, cause like I'm, I'm fucking wasting my time here. If I'm like, I've got a 480 engine under the hood and you know, it's like a little fucking three cylinder. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's acceptable. I thought, <laughs> I was thinking that uh, your your backwards programmed one was the one that was crushing it. I was like, well, no, just because you accidentally like walked into something, then then that's not an ugly, in my opinion. Like, yeah, the, maybe the yeah. backwards bot did crush it, but the the forwards bot crushes it better. Okay, then that can be ugly because you wasted time. <laughs> I did, I did, I, I wasted a lot of time. Anyway, all right, I Is saw what that bot did. I saw you in the numbers you posted, Dan. I am really excited to see that bot. In action, me too. But uh, uh, as as written, it needs ten contracts, and that's not an account Dan can afford to have ten contracts because because <laughs> the bot the bot also holds them overnight. I gotta I gotta figure out a, a solid way Ooh. to to get it to cut out and get back in. Have you tried just? Well, we can talk about that later. Yeah, it's it's no, simple. I, I just got to into a anyway. coding exploration. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's 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 fucking make a new bet. Okay, let's wrap up this shit show. Stocks are in the center of a universe. 
one of us Consequence for one of us Make our picks with no regret Every open, every close, every spread It's the mighty bed Why do I have to go first? Because you made the least You can make random go first if you want yeah, let's do that. Let's 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 change it up a little bit. Let's make random go first. All right, give me a odd or even. We'll go odds today. And one through twelve. Uh, one. New York Stock Exchange miscellaneous. My favorite um, sector. Bowes Incorporated PBI. Looks like right. you found one that's right at its bottom. Oh my goodness. You're not really helping us, Dan, if you're picking a stock that doesn't have much farther to go down. Don't blame this on me. This is Random's <laughs> fault. <laughs> All right. What do you got? I kind of want to go long on DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to catch a fallen knife? <laughs> I want to catch a fallen knife because I want to win, right? None of this prudent shit. Yeah. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say I'm going to go long. At 1680. Long uh, DraftKings at 16. You know, not trading this week might be the safest play. Hey, don't, get, don't, 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 don't get in my head. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying in case it doesn't trigger. All right. No, you know what? Right. You know what? For that, I'm going long Virgin Galactic. That's what I'm doing. Oh, wow. Take your stock. Yeah. Oh, wow. God damn it. They don't have any test flights lined up, do they? No, but they got an earnings. On the 22nd. Ah, shit. (laughs) SPCE, uh, I'll put in a stop at uh, 8 even. Stop loss at 8 even. I am going to short Bristol Myers Quid. BMY. I like it. And I'll put a stop loss at 69. That sounds fantastic. That's a great bet right there. Right. That'll close out February. Something's going to happen. Hopefully, it's a month-winning bet. Something's going to happen. Somebody's going to win. Probably random. Yeah, probably random. All right, Kyle. Take us home, Dan. Take us home. Sadly, folks, it's time to close up the shop for the day. Uh, You don't have to go home, but you can't keep listening to this podcast because it is a finite thing. And we'll stop at some point. You put it on an autoplay and just uh, start it over. Folks... We're leaving, but you can feel free to just hit replay and listen to the smooth sounds of our voices. Until next time, happy trades. If you do, though, please download it from a different site each time. We can really, (laughs) really use the downloads. Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.